Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Starting this new series uh, in the month of February called Goals. Hashtag goals, sorry. Uh, uh, um, that's a creative team right there. Hashtag goals. Not just goals, it's like add some spice. Um, hashtag goals. And, and the idea is, is that coming out of this season of prayer and fasting, uh, we want to really be intentional about our relationships. And so we're going to focus in on parenting, on marriage. And today I want to talk about friendships. I want to talk about community. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. I'll read there. If you want to, you can also open up to 1 Samuel chapter 14. We'll go there. Um, you ready to go? You okay? You feel good? All right. Small group Sunday. It's not Super Bowl Sunday. Nobody cares, baby. Nobody cares. It's just, we're just boycotting it. We're all mad. It's just, all right, just kidding. Small groups over Super Bowl, greater than, all right, so. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. I'm sure God, there's only like one Boston fan in here, so he's not saved. Anyway, so uh, just kidding. <laughs> Oh, just joking. Yes, just kidding. Just kidding. All right, let's pray. Let's, get, let's read the Bible before this gets worse. Hebrews chapter 10. All right, here it is. It says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. Let's just read that again. Not giving up meeting together. And everybody that's given up on meeting together, let's just soak that in. All of, and not, not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. All right, see you later. Small group Sunday, bye-bye. That's good. You're right there. It's been a habit to not meet, all right? But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, I just ask that you would help each one of us to take a step into community, friendship, family, relationship. God, we ask that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would create a hunger in us to obey the word of God, to be obedient, to give our lives away, to serve others, to love others, to invest in others. May it not just be about me and what I need, but may it also be about helping and serving and loving others. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. When I was a youth pastor in Colorado, uh, there was a family uh, that their kids were coming up through the youth group and they were phenomenal. Like these kids were excellent. And so it was this family that I was so impressed with uh, watching their students worship and the way that their kids is like 10th graders, 11th graders would serve. I mean, they'd stack chairs till late at night. I mean, these were like teenagers and and so Renata and I began to notice this great family and they had these four kids that were just really impressive. And so we called them and said, hey, we'd like to take you out for dinner. And they said, really? We said, yeah. So we met them at an Italian restaurant and we just looked at them and we said, give us the secret sauce. Like, what are, your, are you guys doing? Your kids are phenomenal. We want kids like your kids. All of ours were about six and under. And, and there was inside of us this idea that, hey, we want to meet together. We want to connect with you. You're a season ahead of us, but we want kids like your kids. What are you doing? And 
it helped us just kind of say, all right, what, what you've got, the thing that God has deposited in you, we want God to deposit that in us because we, we need that. We, we want that. And deep inside of us, there was this desire to grow, take a step in what others had. C.S. Lewis kind of talks about that idea this way. He says, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. What? You too? You want to raise kids that love God and don't kill each other? Us too, right? And so here's where I'm going. My hope is that that story is played out five, six, seven hundred times all across this semester with you looking at, here's this thing that God's put inside of me. And it's just a step. You're in the season of wanting to parent. You're in the season, a season of wanting to get set free from an addiction. You're in the season of wanting to grow in your marriage, or you're in the season where you're just wanting to have a marriage and you know, like find somebody, join Josh's group. Um, just kidding. Don't do that. And so, oh, so sorry. That, I'm sorry. Freedom. I need freedom. All right. So <laughs> and that's our, yeah, it is classic. Sorry, brothers. Love you. But, but I want to invite you to just take even this Hebrews text and just ask this question, like, what would it look like for you if your friendships, your relationships, your community grew in this next season, in this next 13-week semester? Like, temptation is to say, been there, done that, I'm okay. And I would argue back, it's easy for us to cease meeting together. And it's because we're looking at my own pain of being hurt before. I'm, I'm all right. I'm moving along just fine. And I want to invite you to just begin to ask the Holy Spirit, not ask your opinion, because your opinion will be like, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm all right. But I want to invite you to ask God, God, what are you inviting me to? Because this may be more than just you as a consumer kind of going, here's what I need. Although we love that. And some of you need to take a step in that direction. And others of you, like what Matt and Mary just did, Matt and Mary have years of working on marriage and how do I serve my spouse and how do I love my spouse? And trust me, their small groups look like them giving and giving and giving and giving, but they feel God's delight in stepping in and helping others. And so some of you, it might be a step for you to get better and stronger, but it might be investing in others. And lo and behold, God uses that moment for you to get better and stronger. And so I'm not asking you to just think through analytically what you need. I'm inviting you to ask the Holy Spirit, God, where are you at work here? What do you want me to do? What's, what's my next step? And oftentimes we think I live in isolation, but I wanna just push back and say, what are you doing to be intentional? I wanna invite you today to have a goal to run with friends to run with people, to take a step into relationship. <laughs> and in so doing, not immediately, but over time, vulnerability, camaraderie, friendship, people speaking what's in the word of God to you. The Holy Spirit is speaking through people experiencing life. Thursday night, I went to a small group, uh, our Thursday night uh, small group with our interns, Radiant Intensive. And I remember at orientation, Orientation looks like this. All these kids move here from other parts of the country between ages 18 and 25, and you go into orientation, and it feels like a little disjointed, a little bit distracted, 
not sure. I don't know if I can trust. How you doing? I'll take 30 seconds to introduce myself, a little reserved, all right? But that is not what I saw on Thursday night. On Thursday night, they're like hanging on each other, eating chili, praying over each other, they love each other. I mean, it's like, it's thick. Like, they know each other well. Like, they like each other. <laughs> like, they've had done some life together. And here's what I want to encourage you with, is that over time, as you meet, connect, open up, over time, God at work through others, and you will start to engage in greater relationships, greater community. It's just about every men's small group that I've led. Starts off with kind of going around the circle, kind of going, I'm good, I'm fine, what's up? Yeah, hey, real small, never talk. I'm like the only extrovert, like, you know, trying to get things going, and it always comes, I always feel like it comes back to me, like, I'm just filling the time, right? And it's a little bit... That's how dudes are. We're like, oh, good luck, preacher. And so, <laughs> but then week eight, nine, 10, 11, then it starts to be vulnerability, open. Here's what I need for in my marriage. Here's what God is speaking to me. Here's what leapt out at me in, from the word of God, like what Josh shared a moment ago. And over time, that starts to take place. Here's what I invite you to. I wanna invite you to pray and ask God, God, what are you calling me to do this semester? What's my invitation? Like, it might not be comfortable to lead a group. It might not be comfortable to join a group, but I don't do things based upon my emotion. I make this decision based upon my conviction. And so convictions lead, emotions follow. And so your temptation to just make choices, all the good millennials and Gen Xers, we love just to run by our emotions, right? But I wanna invite you to think, all right, conviction. It is my conviction to love one another. It is my conviction that when I read through the book of Acts, they met together constantly. It is my conviction that together I'm stronger than when I live in isolation. And so because that's my conviction, apart from my feeling, I'll make a choice to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and move towards community, even though my temptation is to live in isolation even though my temptation is to do what I wanna do rather than asking the Holy Spirit what he's inviting me to do so that I can not only grow stronger myself, but that I can actually help others. And so when you're in community and there's other com comrades that are pushing you towards Christ-likeness or other comrades that are pushing you towards discipling your kids or other comrades are helping you and talking to you about going on a date with your wife and praying over her. And I guess it's more than men. I should put myself in the ladies scenario, but I'm just going with the men's hub because that's what I is. And so, but those dudes, they push you towards those things. Ladies, you just make it apropos for how it fits for you. Then all of a sudden you start to not only grow stronger, but you actually start to help other people. And honestly, it's one of the most joyful things because not only do you have a desire to be discipled, you have a desire given to you by God and commanded by Christ to actually make disciples as well. And so your temptation is to kind of live like our culture, which just says, feed me, be isolated and I'm okay. And honestly, be average. But the invitation from Jesus what you'll hear from the Holy Spirit will never be be average. It's always to be moving forward, taking steps. So at Radiant Church, our goal is not to say, hey, one day, here it is, transformation is done. No, it's, like, it's a process. Let's take steps. Some of you need to join a freedom group so that you can just stop lying, all right? Take, join, join some kind of group that can just help you meet people. 
Others, you like, man, I am I'm hungry to study the book of Leviticus, like expository preaching. Like, I want to preach to somebody through Leviticus. Well, that'll be a small, small group with you leading it, but, but, <laughs> but, but go for it. Like, that sounds good. And so the way that we see this at Radiant is we don't want to build a church where everybody is doing my vision. We see God open up doors and we we see a church where you take steps and go through, we help discover your purpose so that you can then lead the way that God's called you to lead. And some of you need to take a step in leading like you've never led before. Like, oh, I don't know. That's not really my thing. I'm not asking if it's your thing. I'm asking you if it's a God thing. That's why I'm going back to what's the Holy Spirit saying, not what do I feel. And honestly, every time you step out to lead, there's risk involved. And I want to invite you to just ask it. All right, what do you want me to do, God? And, and form relationships. Let, let Christ-like people help form you and you help form others. I think this thing of friendships is huge. I think that we're the sum total of our friendships. I think your friendships shape you more than you realize. Most of us can hardly name the five sermons that have transformed our lives. I wish you could. But I think most of us could name the five friendships that have shaped us. It might be hard for us to name the five books that have shaped us, but we could quickly say the five people that have shaped us. Friendships matter. Your friendships make a difference in who you're becoming. So let's make it a goal. Let's run with friends. Let's be intentional. I'm just focused in on this 13-week season. Like big picture, macro, we could talk about a lot of other things. But I just know in my own life, my worst moments were when I was influenced by, I don't want to say, I mean, Psalm 1 kind of says it, you know, kind of, kind of walking in step with the wicked. My worst moments. I remember being in junior high and wanting so desperately to be accepted by some high school dudes and doing some pranks on like a youth group trip. And when I look back now at that moment and I think back at age 13 or 14 where I made some of those choices, middle of the night, stupidity. I look back and honestly, I'm just like, what? I can't believe that's me. I can't, I'm just, it's, I'm, I'm grieved. You're like, what did you do? I'm not telling you. No. <laughs> Should I? Hmm, let me pray about it. Uh, maybe next week. I just remember the people that suffered the pain because of the prank that I did. And then I look back at it and I go, Ugh. but I can tell you on the positive that some of my best moments were because of the people that I was hanging out with. Like I remember when I moved here and I started to go to college and all my buddies in the dorms started back to pranks again, started doing, just living just kind of this crazy life. But I pulled myself out, became friends with some like people that I thought were really, really old. Like I thought they were like near retirement. They were 29 and 39. But, But I thought I was hanging out with like old pastor people. But when I look back, they were saying, hey, let's pray and let's fast and let's make disciples and let's call a generation to seek God. And I look back and that was a beautiful season. One of my best moments of saying no to some relationships, saying yes to some other relationships. And those relationships catapulted me into, honestly, into my destiny, into my calling and what God had called me to do. 
your relationships matter. And when we look at our best moments, it's often we were connected, we were in relationship with the right people. And your worst moments where you go, no, oh, I can't believe that's me. It's often highly influenced because you were running with the wrong friends. So I wanna invite you to look at 1 Samuel chapter 14. We're gonna just look at this story. It's kind of a fun Old Testament story. And I just wanna highlight, just I wanna pull out some principles out of this Old Testament story. Let me kind of give you the context here. This is the moment where Israel has said, we want a king. And so God had said, hey, I'll speak to the prophets and, and, and I'll speak to you and I'll be your king. I'll lead you. And they said, we want to be like everybody else. We want a king. And God said, all right, fine. I'll, I'll give you a king. And, and so Saul is now anointed to be king. And, and here's his son, Jonathan. And all throughout when we read the stories of in the Old Testament, there's lots of times where the Israelites are being pushed around by the Philistines. We actually have quite a few stories around that idea, and this is one of them. And that's where I wanna pick up this story. We're gonna read a lot of Bible here, and I'm gonna just pull out a few ideas because there could be a lot of, this could be a, this could be a text about how God does miracles. Or this could be a, a, a text about quite a few other things. I wanna focus in on the relationships between Saul's son, Jonathan, and his armor bearer because I see a friendship that together saw God work. So let's read it together. First Samuel chapter 14, verse one. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. Uh, with him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was a son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistines' outpost was a cliff. One was called Boses and the other Senna. One cliff stood on the north toward Michmash, the other to the south toward Giba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you heart and soul. And Jonathan said, come on then, we will cross over toward them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, we will stay up where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In, this, in that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed 20 men in the area of about half an acre. Now, so much here, I wanna talk about the friendship. I wanna talk about two guys. Obviously, this is, <laughs> this is pretty miraculous, two men defeating 20. You've got 600 men that are sitting, hanging out behind the, under the pomegranate tree, and you've got this conversation that leads to a pretty dynamic victory. And I just wanna highlight a few of these. The first one is, and, and, and I want to highlight attributes or characteristics of 
both Jonathan and his armor bearer. First one is when Jonathan says, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. I want you to just see Jonathan. Jonathan's got this dream. I wanna invite you to choose friends, run with friends that have a dream or pull a dream out of you. Look at this. Here's a moment where everybody's kind of average. Everybody's hanging out. All the other soldiers are chilling. And Jonathan says, let's go. Let's go charge that hill. Let's just go after it. Most of us choose friends that keep us comfortable, not that say, let's just go risk our lives on that war right there. Let's just jump on out. Most of us want to keep friends that just say, you're so great, you're so awesome, just stay as you is, right? But I'm telling you, one of the best kind of friends that you can have is someone who says, you know what, I got a dream. I got a dream that what, what, what would happen if we went and we defeated that army? Or looks at your life and say, I got a dream. What would happen if we, or what happened if you, what would happen if you helped me? Any of those would work. But it's getting out of what's comfortable and saying, as things are, no, let's dream a new dream. Let's go, let's get stronger. Let's get better. One of the people that have done this the best for me, and you know him, he's preached here a couple times. He's one of our overseers, but I'll never forget living in Colorado Springs. And I had a lunch with Aaron Stern and I had 16 years in Colorado Springs and I was talking to him about my future. And I told him about some of the options that I had on the table. And, and I said, yeah, this is, this is great. And I could do this. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. And, and then I said, I mean, I don't know why, but I just can't shake this kind of, I got this thing and this desire to go plant a church in Kansas City. I'll never forget the moment where he pointed the piece of paper where I was kind of writing out my ideas. And he goes, you should do that. And I said, that's very scary to me. And he says, that's why you should do it. He said, he, and I'll never forget the moment. He goes, your eyes light up when you talk about that. And these, you defend to me why you think it's okay. These are settling. That's risking. And I was like, I'm going to get a new friend. I just, I just. <laughs> but you need some of those friends that say, hmm, what's the dream? And they'll push you. And what I love then, look at the second one, is when Jonathan says, perhaps the Lord God will act in our behalf. Dream the dream. And then Jonathan points the conversation towards God. Wait a minute, there's a bigger story going on than just our own strength, young armor bearer boy. Perhaps God is at work. One of the best things that you can have is a friend that says, let's dream this dream together. Let's work on this marriage together. Hey, 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 let's, let's, let's dream a dream. Let's dream a dream about your kids at age 18 walking with Jesus. Hey, 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 let's dream a dream. Let's dream a dream about restoring this marriage. Hey, let's dream a dream. Let's dream a dream about, and then saying, this is not just about you and your own strength or me and my strength or you reading this curriculum. Perhaps God, perhaps God will be with us. This faith statement, God at work. Let's dream this dream. This dream falls in line with what we read in the word of God. Perhaps God is who he says he is. Perhaps God is still doing miracles. Perhaps God will be with us. I mean, it's crazy. I've been uh, watching the, the Bible uh, movies with my kids like that. It's called the Bible, I don't know, the, the Bible series. Yeah, thank you. It's like every week I feel like this is charades. <laughs> How you say series. Um, the Bible series. 
And every Old Testament story is just like, God is with us. God is with us. We should go march around Jericho. God is with us. We should go and get set free from Egypt for God is with us. We should build a boat for God. I mean, it's like, it's this story over and over again. It's a statement of faith. Perhaps God. Your best friend is the one who points you to God. Let's dream this dream. Oh, this isn't just about you. Yeah, but I've been addicted to this forever. Ah, perhaps God. Yeah, 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 but I've always been this way. My dad was this way. I'll probably, shut up. Perhaps. Sorry. Perhaps God. Perhaps God will do something. Yeah, but I could, I'm always, I'm stuck in this mundane routine. I said, I'm, no, no, no. Your best friend is the one who lifts your eyes, brings a little faith. Faith is the confidence, what we hope for, assurance about that which is, we don't see yet. All right, let's dream this dream. Let's walk by faith. Someone in my life, a friend like this for me has been Will Riddle because multiple times I've had in the planting of this church, I've had moments where I'm kind of like, this, this thing is hard. And Will sitting over a cup of coffee at the corner bakery, ho, 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 wait a minute. This isn't about you. Yeah, I don't know if I have the talent people to do that. Whoa, whoa, shut up. This is, this is not about you. This is about God, right? And in the battle that you're in, you need a friend that dreams a dream with you. You need a friend that says, let's point to God. And then I love this phrase. This is the happy, probably a seven on the Enneagram armor bearer, my favorite, where he says, this is what the armor bearer says back. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said, go ahead, I am with you heart and soul, right? That's my kind of person right there. I'm with you heart and soul. That, come on, let's go. I'm with you. You need a friend that says, I'm with you. I'll support you. I'll encourage you. I'm not giving up. I'll go. And man, when you've got a friend like that, you feel like you can take on the world. I've got some friends like this. Man, Nathan Dorinsky, this is him. Let's go. I mean, he has said that to me. Who, what mountain you want to climb? I'll climb it with you. I mean, it's just bam. Like, let's go. Heart and soul, baby. Let's roll. Here's what I'm telling you. You get some friends like that, you feel like, okay, we can walk by faith. We can dream a new dream. God at work. And then this last one. I want to invite you to run with friends who possess faith in God. Run with friends who support you wholeheartedly and run with friends that experience miracles. This story, to win the battle over 20. And they look back and I love 1 Samuel 14, 22, where it says that the Lord saved Israel. What God did work. You know how awesome it is to step back after you've charged the hill with your friend, seen God work. Oh, wow. We just took him out, which I love Jonathan's faith in this. Like, hey, if they say, come up to us, we'll know it's an invitation that God's given this to us. Like, what else are they going to say? They're going to be like, we're scared. No, they weren't scared of two. It's just Jonathan's worldview. You know, I love the intensity on that. But here's when you're on the back end of seeing God at work and you can say, you've got God stories. Hey, armor bear. Hey, Jonathan. God was at work. Remember when we won that battle back in 1 Samuel chapter 14? Yeah, God at work. Listen, when you have some friends where you just say, surely this is a God story. Surely on our own strength. And that's what I'm dreaming about. 
I'm dreaming about over this semester, there's small groups where it's not just a roll of the eyes, cynical, oh yeah, I should connect in community. Eh, it's more than that. It's about the young man who's addicted to pornography, gets in a freedom small group. And there's a, a leader that says, I got a dream. I'll, I'll dream a dream with you. Hey, you know what? I know that you've been struggling with this for years, but God, there is a God who sets people free. You can find freedom. It is possible. Hey, I'm with you heart and soul. I got you. I got you. And then boom, they walk in some freedom. They go, look at that. God at work. And you celebrate that victory. Listen, friends, you, the, your best days are in front of you. Don't, don't believe the lie. Don't get cynical. Walk in faith and go, man, God, is that work? Now, I, I see this pattern a lot in the way that Jesus discipled. Hey, hey, you could stay there, Matthew. I got Let's dream a new dream. I, I, I kind of got messed up just watching through the Bible stories this week with my kids, watching the, the moment where Jesus called Matthew. I actually got addicted to it. I know that I always tell you not to binge, but you can binge the Bible stories, man. Because I got like, I, I couldn't stop it. And my kids were like, this is too violent. I was like, oh, I love it. And, <laughs> but there's this moment where Jesus calls Matthew. And he's like, Matthew is he's sitting there and he's in this row of tax collectors. And I just saw like a life of, this is what I know. I'm influenced by the people I'm with. This is what we do. I, a tax collector, someone who was collecting taxes for Rome, betrayed his own people. And in this story, Jesus calls him and the way that the, this Bible story or series portrays it is there's these comrades, these disciples that are around Jesus. And you can just see the people with Jesus and the other group that he's hanging out with, that Matthew's hanging out with. And Jesus calls Matthew. And in this moment, Matthew leaves the tax collectors, follows Jesus. And you got some disciples that, man, let's roll, Matthew, come on. I mean, that, they would have hated a tax collector. Culturally, that would have been the person they would despise. He's the one who betrays us. But then you see Matthew and he integrates into this group of guys that are following Jesus and Jesus is what unites them. And because Jesus unites them, then even a cultural disconnect can't divide them. Listen, we have people that give their lives to Jesus every week here, every week. One day it'll be more. But right now they're trickling in. And I just got this dream that we'd have people that are just, you know what? This is out of my comfort zone, but I'm gonna have this group. When you, when you call people to come to know Jesus, it's messy. We need to have some messy small groups. I, I, I wanna have some small groups where it's like, just the, those like barely saved small groups, you know, like just helping people that are like, this is broken, this is broken, this is broken. And where they can just say, I'm gonna leave behind what I used to know. And I got some comrades that are gonna look at me and dream a dream. You can be free. You can have a marriage that's healthy. You can make disciples. 
You can know God. Hey, you know what? This isn't just the two of us and our strength. No, God is at work. Come on, I'm with you. I'll get up early. 6.30 a.m., let's go. 4.30 a.m., all right. Five, what? You need me to come to your house? Hey, I'm with your heart and soul. Look back. Maybe a semester, maybe a couple years, maybe longer. But look back and go, God did that. Look what God did. Look at that. God still does miracles. And the Lord got the victory. That's my dream for you. And I don't know if you're here today. Maybe you're someone that you feel like you're in that row of tax collectors. You're just doing what you know. It's doing what the culture has taught you. But today you can be free. Jesus passing by, just like he looked at Matthew. Come on, come follow me. Our prayer is that today you would make a choice. I don't wanna do my thing. I wanna do the Jesus thing. I don't wanna just do what everybody else does. No, Jesus offers life and he brings freedom and he sets free and he gives hope and he restores and he gives eternal life. And I want Jesus. I'd like to invite you to bow your heads today. If that's you and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, you just wanna begin your journey as a follower. I invite you just to repeat this prayer just between you and God. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. I don't want to go my way. I want to go yours. Heal me. Do a fresh work inside of me. I give you my life. Come be in me. I believe in you. I believe that you are Jesus' name.